Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. We go big, bad, and brain dead on a very special episode as we head to Umbrella Corps and the return of Resident Evil on Normies Like Us. They said the world would end in 2036. The old umbrella made mistakes. The T-Virus. Discover the origin of evil. I'm afraid, Claire. I'm afraid of what they're going to do to this town. I have the future. What do you have? I have a pen. You heard it up top. We're having a dangerous night ahead of us because we are about to enter Raccoon City, head towards Umbrella, maybe catch the C-Virus, deal with some zombies, and try to get the hell out of this podcast too on the way because we're talking Resident Evil. Dear hosts, uh, the C-Virus, Colin. Oh, nice. I'll just be Mike Redfield. You know, there's probably a, a version of that guy. His face changes enough throughout the series that I could be Chris Redfield too. Who knows? You said yeah. it moments before we hit record, but this is a series where you kind of know everybody's names and there are a thousand names, so it is very helpful. Yeah, 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 exactly. We're, we're spoiled for choice almost that we're just doing this kind of a tag team episode, you know. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll do it's more Resident Evil in the future. Yeah, just us. There's maybe more coming down the pipeline. That's a tease for later, though. Ooh. Yeah. It was a very popular episode we've done in the past. Normies, go back mm-hmm. and check that out where we've kind of, you know, talked about our different interests in Resident Evil. But there's some new stuff going on now. And you and I are kind of the only ones who kind of get down with this series. I would say you a lot more than me, but uh, I'm very excited to talk about it. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Anytime some Resident Evil comes out, I'm, I'm excited. I know what the general discourse has been kind of about what we're going to cover, but I, I, I like to think that um, I know at least I have a different take than I think 99% Ooh. of the internet does. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, we did a whole episode talking about our history with the games. You know, I grew up with these. I don't have a ton of love for the Paul W.S. Anderson movies, but, you know, it, if you're in a relationship with Resident Evil and you put it on Facebook, it has to be, it's complicated because no yes. matter what your favorite thing is, there's something in the franchise that's completely bonkers that you hate. So it's like, you know, there's a balancing act with it. So I'm excited yeah. to explore that. And I would even say, like, just so akin to what you just said, but, like, the idea that even, like, now those Paul W.S. Anderson movies are so tainted with, like, all those onset deaths and stuff that it's just, mm-hmm. like, it, it's very, very hard to like certain parts of this franchise. But uh, there is also a lot to love because it's kind of a complex, multifaceted video yeah. game, movie, anime hybrid world. It's got, a, it's got an interesting uh, set of genetics, we'll say. <laughs> um. I love it. Yeah, and some some create a uh, rogue mutations that, uh, for better or for oh worse, you're, we're kind of stuck with. So, yeah, we're we're going to be talking Resident Evil. I don't know um, if there's anything else we want to set up. I guess maybe pitch the main two things, but we're going to be all over a little bit because there's some news for Resident Evil, right? But we're looking at uh, the yeah. Netflix Resident Evil show, and then the also um, the Welcome to Raccoon City film that you know was produced yeah. by Sony recently. And well. I feel like when we're wrapping up, we'll kind of talk about where the video games are headed. Obviously, there's been a ton of news and stuff there, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you're right. For now, let's head into the city, Mike. Come on, Normus. The Raccoon City 2.0. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
we're back. I should have said welcome to South African City, South African yeah. Raccoon City. I don't know how to say that without it sounding terrible, I guess. Right, but, uh, right. Like you said, 2.0, we're talking about the newly released Resident Evil Netflix live action series. Yeah, yeah. What a what a thing this is. So um, I think a lot of the online discourse has been very negative. You know, there's a famous scene of uh, one of the villains dancing to Dua Lipa. Um, oh. That's like been going around like this is what they put in this show. Well, but yeah. I want to say out the gate. First of all, probably light spoilers or something. Most people are not mm. going to watch or if you did, you mm. maybe hate watched it. <laughs> but I, I kind of really uh, like it. <laughs> So, wow. Where, where are you coming at okay. just out of the gate? Because I, 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 I was it, hesitant to watch it. It looked bad. Grummy. Exactly the same with you. Um, okay. Where literally, you know, uh, I had gone to Comic-Con recently, as I said in another episode. Mm-hmm. We would sort of end our night together, me and my brother at our hotel, going like, well, let's just like put something dumb on. We can either like play a game to or like fall asleep to. And it was like, well, we got to watch this new Resident Evil series. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> Um, and I said to you, it's dumb, it's super watchable. And I stand by that. And I hadn't finished it when we had talked. Uh, obviously, now we have both finished yeah. it. I, you have not given me any of your opinions. So I'm super happy to hear that you liked it. Or yeah, kind, right. kind of liked it. No, no, there's there's a lot to talk about here, not just to, to shit on it. Like, obviously, it's very different. If you saw the trailers, you know that this is very different from the games, but you know, so were Paul W.S. Anderson's movies. So, like, when, there's nothing to talk about there, right? We've already had Resident Evil that are yeah. way off base. So what is there? And, yeah, there's interesting ways that I think it, in some ways is kind of the most Resident Evil live action thing that's ever been made. Uh, oh my I'll God. elaborate on that more as we go. But you mentioned to me you hadn't watched the finale. You were saving it. When yes. I got to the last episode, you know, penultimate episode, I'm like, I don't know how he didn't just roll into the next episode. Those cliffhangers. Yes. Well, and but I should say I didn't watch the one prior to it, too. So I hadn't seen any of the and we're again going. Full yeah, spoilers, yeah. The clones. Um, yes. Yeah. Those, like, yes, nothing would have stopped me from moving forward. That changes everything. So so I guess really quick, yes. let's let's try to put the uh, a genre or, or a tone on this thing, because people are like, oh, I want this spooky Resident Evil TV show to be gritty. Mm. But really, well, I'm looking at this thing and I think y- you can maybe elaborate more. But this is like, what if the CW made a Resident Evil show? OK, right? OK, Mike, but okay. also gory. <laughs> we are so on the same page. It's sick on this thing. Oh, no. <laughs> Here's the hot take I was bringing to this episode. OK, now one of our lead characters name is Billy, you know, kind of like a, a, a very famous singer that happens to be very popular right now. Billy. Oh, Eilish, right? doesn't no resemblance in her fashion no, or no. hairstyle. Yeah, <laughs> no. her green or I guess baggy fit. Hair, yes. Yep. Ooh, you know, she's not Billy so Eilish. prone to drama. Mm-hmm. Now, the audience for this show, <laughs> it is not us. It is called Resident Evil. That's yeah. cool. It's cool that there is a show called Resident Evil. <laughs> this is what you used to call a Tumblr show, like Supernatural oh, or yeah. something else on the CW. What I would now, I guess, call a TikTok show, right? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of like teen, you know, like, like 13 to 25, you know, young, you know, young adult-ish kind of. Yes. Like a, like, and now yeah. you, you're saying, you're saying like something CW, something Riverdaley. Here's yeah. my other take on it. It's them going 
we're Netflix. We made Stranger Things. Just make Resident Evil kind of like Stranger Things. Just have it be about like young kids who are kind of like going through a mystery. And you're like, oh, I guess. Sure. Right, right. So that kind of brings me to the almost like point one of what makes this a very Resident Evil thing, right? And, um, you know, it opens and they're just like living in the suburbs, right? A little bit of umbrella, this and that. But like they kind of especially the teenage stuff, it's like a slowly unraveling mystery, right? And so the first game, it's like, our team is missing. What happened to them? Why are these dogs crazy? We're locked in a mansion. And then you slowly figure out, oh, there's something more sinister at this mansion and there's experiments. And, the, you know, so and the show in, is... Instead of doing, um, yeah. you know, moving the statues, Mike, to solve puzzles, it's like, you know, do the piano. Watch out for the camera. Yeah. But that, You're yeah, so that, right. That puzzle sequence is like, it's the most natural, like dumb puzzles in the real world because you know like they comment in resident evil 3 like who designed the locks of this place or whatever like why are there puzzles in this police station right in resident evil 2 remake so it's like yeah this is the the most natural emblem yeah because like wesker you know their dad has like a secret lab in the basement that he would want to hide and i was like this is the most resident evil puzzle solving that's been in any live action thing that's wild what a wild take yeah, it's a teenage plot, but it's like the most accurate, like weird, obtuse puzzle that why is it here? And that's like yeah. a very Resident Evil weird thing. So, you know. And sometimes it's a little too teeny boppery for me. Sometimes it's a little too sister sister drama. But mm-hmm. um, when it's not and when it is that exciting part, I think it works. And you said uh, kind of another issue I have with it, but something that I'll highlight. Mm-hmm. You said story one. You know, uh, the first yeah, game, the, yeah. the game of the girls. Let's talk about the second game, Mike, then. It's mm-hmm. an action-adventure post-apocalyptic game that takes place in the future. Yeah, yeah. We are bouncing between their childhood and yeah. then their adulthood. And it's kind of the the critical moment um, is essentially when the outbreak starts. Um, and that's when they kind of go their separate ways as sisters. And then in the future, they're kind of on different sides of this um conflict i guess you know they're kind of estranged so they're they're kind of close but you see the fractures of their relationship starting the splintering and then the outbreak is kind of the the culminating moment there Um, yeah absolutely and uh, the only reason i want to say kind of to all of that is that it's maybe a little too thin and that's why they feel like they need this um chopped up storyline but I, I wish we could play game one and then game two i really liked the flashbacks enough to let's stick with all that Let's see where this ends up. I think that's better storytelling. I don't understand why this is diced. Yeah, there's been some some people who were, you know, more constructive with the criticism I saw on YouTube. And they were like, yeah, just have a show where it, everything seems normal. And you don't even know it's Umbrella Corporation, you know, and like and then that's yes. the big twist. And like the fact that Wesker is so different in this, um, you know, it's like you're kind of they, they could trick you. Right. So, like, to have this I, slow burn and then this reveal and then we go to the future, like, that's a cool way to structure the show, too. Yes. And I would have been fine with that. But I guess the uh, need for zombie action for the core fans are like, we have to bounce back and forth. This is never going to fly past an episode or two. And most people didn't even get beyond that, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. You're saying this bigger twist of the sisters. I, I just wish I think it would just be such better writing of. You've got the twist for the fans of the games, Mm -hmm. which is halfway through this series, you know, 
you know it's set in South Africa. You know they're saying New Raccoon City. You mm-hmm. know this guy's name is Albert Wesker. That's all kind of not adding up to you. But halfway through, they're like, everything you know about Resident Evil, that happened already. This mm-hmm. is the future. That's awesome for people who like the video game. That's a great twist. And then the rest of it can just be for the casual viewers who are like the sister, sister stuff. Let that all come later. You know, let it, that she's alive after whatever kind of half ending you're kind of going to do for the first game right. or first storyline. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and just I don't know, just let it play out more naturally. Yeah, but, you know, this is probably and most definitely 100 percent. The writer is referencing the zap system from Resident Evil 2, where you could zap between the storylines oh. of Claire Redfield and Leon Kennedy uh, <laughs> at will. And they would just do that with time. It's it's clearly a reference, Colin. It, it's made oh, with love. Of course. That way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about those two <laughs> specifically having their own adventure in that kind of well, game style. Not to get too far ahead of that, yeah. but I, I feel like after I started finished this and started the Resident Evil, I was like, could this mm. be the OG raccoon events from the Netflix show. Like, are they weird double feature? Cause they're both kind of in this new universe. That would be cool. And you, they both have Lisa Trevor, you know, so they it's like both have that hmm. one moment where you're kind of like, Oh my God, Lisa Trevor is involved in this, but not really for the no, TV no, show, no. but kind of, but you know, they do a little bit of fan service and there's some decent fan service in this too. Like yeah. you have to look deep for it, but it's there and I'll, I'll highlight it when it comes up. But even Lisa Trevor, that's, you know, that's from, the Resident Evil 1 remake on the GameCube. She wasn't even in the original game. So it's like... Had no idea. She's already a retcon that fans have embraced. So the series is... It's always been kind of weird. And just... Sure. Like, have, have you ever seen the original opening cutscene where it's like introducing everybody and it's these awkward Jesus. like a, American actors in Japan and it looks like... No, I don't think so. That's wow. Amazing. It is it is one of the campiest, most wild things. So when people get pissed off that it's not scary enough or that it is campy, <laughs> I'm like, look at the very first game again and then we can talk. Yeah. It's goofy. It's very goofy. You're almost a Jill sandwich. That's for the next movie, but that's a, lo- a recorded oh line. I'm the master of unlocking. That's a recorded line in the original games okay so we'll get there we'll get so it could be weird but um i think this does like halfway through right that's when we're starting to get into the meat of the story um i think specifically the moment where it clicked for me was the prison escape where they're like they're with that weird cult guy sure and uh then we have baxter which has to be a reference to the turtles family Yes, oh, sure. Right, right. But I don't like, know about that. <laughs> dog, we go we, we go from zero to 100 over the top. And there's we have this kind of cult leader, this Resident Evil 4-ish. Yeah. You get like a chainsaw guy. That's like a Resident Evil 4 thing. But then Baxter just going ham in this like long take. You know, he's like the goofy umbrella dude. But he's got the Red 9, which is, you know, um, you know, one of the guns from Resident Evil 4. And he's like they're doing the chainsaw stuff it's like yo this is like so campy and it's like if you've not seen resident evil 6 some of the or 5 the ending of 5 some of the cutscenes are so fucking ridiculous it's like well this is just embracing another thing that is also resident evil because resident evil is many things and i would say that this show is also resident evil despite most people who want to hate on it resident evil has been just as weird as this play code veronica like get the fuck out of here yeah you know yeah absolutely um the Jade missions in the future. You Jade, know, that's right. Billy and Jade. Um, yeah. Billy and Jade. Jade, well, we we know because, of course, she's going to have the same haircut since she's a child, Mike, that, mm-hmm. you know, braid on the side of her head. Yeah. Um, 
her adventures basically against the Zeros and um, these insane hybrid blown up insects, animals, you know, whatever that she comes down to yeah. are the worst part of the show because of budgetary reasons. I would say it is much more mm. interesting when they are in the cult like scenarios or whenever they're in these like tight, dark spaces flooded with zombies, because in my opinion, that's just a lot more exciting thematically mm-hmm. and, you know, just gives you more to play with. I, I don't need the worst eye lines I've ever seen of <laughs> trying to look at a giant alligator, you know, as it's like she's like looking up at the sky and then it's revealed that the alligator is like a mile away still. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like so brutal. Um, yeah, I let me say this. Do you think this will get another season just with what the reactions have been to it? Fuck no. <laughs> It's I, I would the watch lowest it. rated Netflix thing of all time now. Netflix lowest original. rated Netflix original. The lowest rated. Yeah. I, that's probably a little bit of review bombing. You know, I, I've, I've been seeing the same kind of headlines you'll see for Star Wars. Like, oh, Netflix goes woke and, you know, forcing the female. Like, fem- it's like, shut the fuck up. One, have you played Resident Evil? Do you know Jill Valentine? Do you know, you know, Claire Redfield? <laughs> fuck off, right? Absolutely. Uh, Ada Wong, Resident Evil has always had strong female characters, so fuck Ada off. Ada Wong, uh, someone who crosses over both these things we're going to talk about today. Yeah, for, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the only other one being Lisa. Yeah, we had yeah. two crossovers. <laughs> I guess There's a weird Wesker. The two fan favorite characters. Well, and Wesker. Yeah. A Wesker. Yeah, a Wesker yeah. type, which, you know, yeah. shout out Umbrella Academy. He got two. Well, not for that. That's Sony. Anyway. Uh, people probably review bombing because people have bad takes. And yeah, this might not be the Resident yeah. Evil thing that you wanted, but I still argue it is certainly a Resident Evil thing and has a lot more of that DNA than most people are willing to give it credit for. Um, you alluded to the clones, the Wesker stuff. That's like some of the most Resident Evil thing ever. The reveal that the head of Umbrella is just being mind controlled genetically by um, Billy it's that's the most Resident Evil thing ever. That dance scene, it's man. So, it was. I almost turned it off when it was. I know people hate it. I know yeah. people hate it, but Get, maybe minus the it, dancing, yeah. but the idea that yeah. the villain was just being mind controlled, like that's yeah. such a Resident Evil like last that's act great. twist. Yeah, it's perfect. It's kind of goofy, but it's like that's Resident Evil, man. They get weird. So it I does. Don't know. This is a show that gets weird. Um, I loved all that Wesker stuff. I would say. You know, the forced wokeness, quote unquote, okay, what? This show stars two girls. Who gives a shit? Shut the fuck up. When it was their story of them at high school saying, like, our dad's a scientist who made us. We're like these, you know, separate twins with different moms and stuff. Mm -hmm. But we're twins because we were born on the same day. I was like, make a show about this. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's great. There were times when I was like enjoying kind of the teen storylines more yes. than the adult storylines and i'm like I was, when she starts when jade yeah. gets her little boyfriend i was like this is great i actually like this a there's lot. a little bit of tension yeah and then it's like <laughs> we don't have passports or birth certificates we should look for yeah. them like that that stuff was all intriguing to me like they're unraveling the mystery and their dad who seems like such a nice wholesome guy but then there's the scene where he talks uh to the school bully or the, the girl that billy punched in the face or whatever um she's getting in trouble and he's like what do you do at Umbrella? You know, a thousand people could do your job. You know how many people do my job? One. So shut up. And I'm like, damn. When he used to like, torture that guy, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm realizing yeah. now, Mike, you're making me think that um, it has such an interest in quote unquote legacy as well, this show and the family mm-hmm. drama. Netflix is also looking at Cobra Kai. I guarantee it going like, you know, 
Stranger mm. Things, Cobra Kai. You know, these are the things that kind of work for us. Resident Evil, that's a property that could fit in for that. And again, it's just interesting to look at it and go, well, I guess what if it could? Yeah, what? Like, make a young adult version of everything. I don't give a shit. Like, everybody should be able to experience every fandom they want to. Go crazy. If this gets new people into Resident Evil, fucking cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, there's there's precedent for this, too. I mean, Sherry Birkin was like, you know, a young teen or just a preteen going through the events of Resident Evil 2. And when she grew up, she ends up becoming like a freedom fighter, much like Jade against Umbrella in Resident Evil 6. She's like, you know, in her 20s at that point. And she's Amazing. embroiled in this conflict because she experienced it as a teenager. Right. Um, even Rebecca, one of the stars, remember, she was like 18. She was the medic, you know, in the original games and Resident Evil Zero. So, like, there's precedent for having a teenager, you know, experience something and then still be embroiled in Umbrella years on. Right. So that's very Resident Evil. What is the last one you played, Mike? Did you fuck around with Village? Yeah, I love Village. I, I you think played Village through Village. Great. And that's another one that's bonkers and all over the place. And I, I've speedrun Village. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, you love the speedrun Village. The other new one out is the 2 remake or remaster. You've played that one as well. Yeah. And, and honestly, my, my favorite one is the 3 remake, um, which tonally is a little bit more of a cheesy action movie. The 2 remake is more horror. 3 remake is like a cheesier action movie. Um, they did cut some parts out that people complained about, like a major clock tower area. And there's like a, a park where you fight a giant worm. They really wanted that worm. I was OK to that miss stuff it. Out. That's terrible. They did, unfortunately, which they didn't do for the two remake. I think they were trying to rush it. So but I, I love that one because tonally to me, that's what Resident Evil should be. It's a little bit tongue in cheek. It's a little bit scary. There's some good one liners. Right. Um, and this has elements of that. Like I love when the clones are talking Oh, yeah, there was that one mean Wesker, but he died in a volcano. Nobody really liked him. And that's what happens in Resident Evil 6 with when Chris punches a boulder. He literally oh, punches amazing. a boulder into a volcano and then that's Wesker right. dies in there. So they're like... That's right, he's got the big arm. Yeah, they're mentioning like Wesker being like, oh, yeah, he died in a volcano. It was fucking wild. And it's like, that is wild and that's Resident it's Evil. It's all that's, canon. Yeah, it's all good, man. It's all good to me. There's a little Napoleon complex guy who rides around a giant robot in Resident Evil 4. Get out of here. <laughs> it's, it's a weird series. Sorry that this wasn't a direct one-to-one copy of Resident Evil 1 or yeah. 2. Well, I ask you yeah. because I have not played a new one in a while. Now, mm. obviously, the four remake or remasters coming out, people are going nuts for that. That was kind of what a lot of yeah. people would consider the pinnacle or the jumping on point. Maybe even it's not like the truest, quote-unquote, Resident Evil style. It's definitely mm-hmm. like the popular flavor, right? It's considered, like, um, by a lot of people, one of the best games of all time. Like, up there with mm-hmm. Super Mario 64, Legend sure. of Zelda. Like, like they, Resident Evil 4 is really hailed as one of the best games ever, not just Resident Evil. It, it doesn't have tank controls, which I think is the traditional survivor horror, but, like, right. it's still an incredible game. And that after that, they started ramping up the action, and then things got into Volcanoes. You know, because they just didn't know how to hit the brakes and it just became more and more action, less and less scary. More quick time events. Yeah. And then trying to tie in the convoluted lore of who's related to who and who genetically did what to what. It's like it gets wild. Boros. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. The the Plagas and all this stuff. So Las Plagas. Yeah. I I just I was watching this with your recommendation. I'm just like writing in my notes. 
you know, I kind of fucking love this show. Like, why do I like it? Like, why do I like it? Kind of interesting. I think I kind of went in with no, um, no expectations. When um, Billy gets bit, I was shocked. That was kind of the point yeah. where I was like, you know what? I think I will be watching the rest of this. Yeah. And, th- and that's like, we've never seen, there's been a million generic zombie movies and shows, even the walking dead. I don't think explored like the idea of, what it's like to be trans transforming into a zombie, like as in depth as the show did, you know, like I kind thought of being becoming was, a diabetic. Yeah. yeah. And then the dog is starting to hate you. And like, you know, she has rage issues and stuff. It's like, okay, okay. And then, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff like with them being clones or, you know, they were born so that Wesker could have a cure for his blood disease. Yeah. And so they're essentially, the, even the lady says, you oh, know, your blood bags and shit, you know, like real condescending. But he does have love for his daughters. He also consequently needs their blood to survive. But like, yes, you know, so there's there's some interesting layers with this version of Wesker that I like, not to mention his brothers. Hey, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, Bert. Um, yeah. I, got Bert, I yeah? would love a sci fi clone story that doesn't have the accelerated aging, like blah, blah, blah. We're going to die because of this plot point, though. I'm always like, ah, of course. Yep, it's a little Metal Gear. Yeah. Fox die. <laughs> sure. Uh, kill sure, you sure, sure. Yeah. It's not even the only video game that does it. That's no, crazy. no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to see what the most important um, other notes I t- was looking at here, besides like, you know, they tease the tyrant. We get a giant crocodile. Yes. Like, that's bonkers like the yeah. fact that they're like hey i know you guys got a lot of guns but secretly we've been towing a giant crocodile behind our they boat go for it. again <laughs> yeah. i didn't think it looked great but they do go for it and i do appreciate yeah. that so yeah and what seven movies have still not given me are a live action tyrant which is all that yeah. i want and and we, we only see him in a, in a back to tank you know that would be a season yeah. two tease if we ever get one we probably won't we probably will not cowboy bebop's not coming back this will not which is mm. kind of a bummer because i thought it was interesting but let me quote um wesker let me quote wesker from this show to explain uh, what this show imagine. is okay please <laughs> so this is for everybody that is a Resident Evil fan that is hating on this show or review bombing it or acting like it's not a true Resident Evil thing. Let me quote Wesker from this show. You'll probably hate that too, but here we go. <laughs> so think about this in the spirit of adapting a Resident Evil property, right? Well, maybe it's a messed up kind of love, but well, they kind of all are when you think about it. So I think the creators of this did love Resident Evil, you guys. And every type of love, even, uh, let's say, obsessive love to where you will review bomb or complain about the littlest thing instead of taking it at face value. Yeah, it's a messed up kind of love, but so are they all. So, you know, love the thing the way you do. Don't hurt anybody in that effort, right? But like, yeah, he's talking about the whole cloning thing. It's like, oh, my dad didn't love us. He's like, you know, he kind of did. He did love you. Yeah, It was a little bit weird, but hey, man, so all fucking life's weird, dude. This is Resident Evil, you know, get over it. It's and Lance like, Reddick, you know, we're saying uh, mm-hmm. amazing, never bad in anything. The concierge in the John Wick movies, I think if Jacob was here, yeah. he'd point out that he's in like, uh, you know, some amazing TV show that I've never seen before. Probably. I think he had a bit part in like Godzilla or one of those movies. Maybe The maybe. Wire, I think. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I wrote down in my notes that after the clone show, I wrote, this is a Lance Riddick machine. <laughs> 
Yes, that's and that's all it needs and to be. And he's great right? in it. He's, yeah, yeah. he's actually, especially when you get the clones and he has these different personalities. We have Blade Wesker, which is like the original with the sunglasses and the trench coat. It's like, that's classic Wesker. And he looks <laughs> great. He, he really pulls it off uh, with all these different personalities um, of the Wesker clones. And I thought that, yeah. yeah, he seemed like he was having a good time. And I like this different version of uh, Wesker. It doesn't hurt me none. Yeah, he's so. good with the daughter actresses. I think they had a lot of chemistry together. I I hope, you know, I hope the review bombing is a bunch of older losers. And I mm-hmm. hope the actual audience of who I think this is aimed for, teenagers, maybe even teenage girls, amazingly enough, uh, watch yeah. this and are like, yo, Resident Evil is the coolest thing ever. And they TikTok about it. So do it, do it, do it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess my, my final thoughts on on that kind of aspect of it like i said earlier like resident evil has always had like strong female characters right it's had like you know trans characters non-binary characters the genetics are getting crazy like like it's always been pretty <laughs> so fucking inclusive so to act like all of a sudden this is being put into your resident evil you're, you're insane or you're blind shut right? up you, yeah yeah you know so get out of here and hopefully we'll you know get you know some you know, girls are not people who wouldn't traditionally get into Resident Evil get into it. And I wrote at the end, like, it's it's wild because, like, the sister steals, uh, Billy steals Jade's daughter. And it's like, well, that's it. It's on site now. She's <laughs> you know? in the gut. Yeah. But I like that they do finally say, like, I was, I'm excited to see Jade go get revenge, but we probably won't. But I do like when they're like, oh, shit, that crocodile really went crazy. And it's like, I had no choice. They're like, yeah. You had to. You had no choice had to. but to release a giant crocodile upon you know, the world. Yeah, yeah. That's Resident yeah. Evil for you. I had no choice. It, it didn't end with a whimper, dude. If this comes back, we will it do another episode bang. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll so, be excited. I'll be like, yo, Mike, our show's back. The two of us. Yeah. Our, they'll make <laughs> it for just us. <laughs> it is canceled immediately after a four episode, you know, season two wrap up. And we'll be like, great. Cool. <laughs> I don't just care. Get the time. We got it. But yeah, I think I think the highlight for me of the show was the, the young actors is, you know, and Lance Riddick. I think they did a great job. That's the most fun to me. And I think the adult actresses did slightly worse than I don't know. There's something about the, the sisterhood bond. She's a little too evil. Uh, Billy's a little too evil as an adult. But that's also a very Resident she, Evil thing. <laughs> yeah. She so should not play it like we weren't seeing that from a million miles away. And also, we should have gotten a full episode with her with the helmet on as a character interacting with her. So when it does mm-hmm. come off, it's a big reveal. You know, something 30 seconds at the end of an episode. I don't give a shit that this sister's back. It's like, of course she is. I knew that from the beginning. Well, they cut the black like, oh, wait till next week. And then immediately it's like, yeah, dun, dun, I'm, not, I'm watching them back to back. Yeah. But uh, how are you, Jade? Yeah. I, th- I think if you can look at this, Billy, oh, you're God. alive. Billy Eilish, <laughs> thank God. Um, yeah, I, I love think, all your music. And Dua Lipa, we love your music too. Um, they use it twice, dance, Mike. Yeah, well, they used it at the let's, skateboard party. Yeah, let's take a jump right now because we're going to answer the question of should Resident Evil be a TV series or a movie? When we talk, welcome to Raccoon City. When we come back, yeah, what happened in OG Raccoon City?
We're back. We're talking Resident Evil mm-hmm. here on Normies Like Us. Um, back in the 90s. Back in the 90s style. Yeah. That was the title of a uh, song or title uh, saying. Now, Mike, you watched this movie for the first time. I saw this film in theaters. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And keep recommending it to people. It's impossible to find, unfortunately, because it's a Screen Gems film. It's only on like streaming services like Stars, which just yeah. makes it like worthless to recommend to somebody. I had to use my Stars seven day free trial to watch this and immediately canceled it after I finished the movie. <laughs> Amazing. Because it's seven days and they're going to charge you. I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And it's through I'm Amazon. So, so they already got my credit card. Like it was seamless to just say, add it on. I'm like, now I got to be sure. So we shut that down after, but I did watch this. Um, <laughs> and it's also really weird. <laughs> which oh is my great. God. <laughs> yeah. It absolutely is. Now we, I, I feel like the big struggle that Resident Evil fans and maybe you as a super fan mm-hmm. uh, uh, have yes. is that um, people are like, well, how much of a one-to-one adaptation should these things be? Yeah, yeah. Because obviously this is kind of taking Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2, putting them together and trying to tell two stories at the same time. Um, for me, and I think a lot of fans, right, there is a, a Resident Evil out there that is... I, let's say TV show even, which I think it would work. Like if Netflix had done this, I'm fine with the show they made, but this would have appealed to regular fans. Cause even Capcom has made those CG movies. You know, I was buying them on Blu-ray in like 2008 degeneration. <laughs> now they're on Netflix. Infinite darkness is the newest set. And, and they're pretty mediocre too, but they're dealing with Leon and Ada and Claire and all the fan You're favorite getting characters. Your core canon stories. It's just kind of mids. Yeah, but that's still not spectacular. So so it's not live action, Uh, but it's a continuation of those characters' adventures, right? But I think what people want is to go back to Raccoon City, go back to the mansion, see those original locations actualized, but maybe just do a whole season of stars in the mansion. And then season two, Leon and Claire and them escaping. Obviously, big, big picture. You know, yeah. if you get the series, you're really dumping the money into it. Again, the series we just talked about, there were a lot of episodes set fully in their apartment and house where you don't see a lot of stuff. I mean, you have to assume budgetary restraints, COVID, whatever. Blah, These blah. brand new, like, you know, high rises that are not uh, open for rental yet. We can film yes. there cheap. Oh, the, we don't you need know? to fill them with extras. No, no, no. Um, nope. Now, this Feral. movie, Mike. Yeah. Uh, I does watched a lot of that. Well, I watched the Resident Evil 2. I watched it two hours of a you play on, on YouTube mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. of somebody just going through it. And to open on the trucker eating something, you know, he, he, he's going along. Iconic. He happens to pass a sign, Mike, that says, welcome to Raccoon City. I mm. mean, this is, it's weird. This is a weird movie. We're going to talk about what's weird about it. But also... If you're a fan of Resident Evil, aren't you kind of going like, well, it's called Welcome to Raccoon City. Like, it's only made for me, a super fan of Resident Evil, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and they do take some liberties with the characters and stuff. And, and you know, we'll, we'll get They're very that. different. They're, <laughs> They're very, very different. different. We will talk about that. Leon, we will talk about Leon. Yes. But outside of all that, Everything visually, that. aesthetically, the stuff that's going on, what you said about mashing the first and second game together, there is... A weird care of, I feel like I've only got 
two hours to get Resident Evil in there, so I better give all the Resident Evil I can in that two hours. Yeah, I, I just said wish um, Sony would have been like, we'll do two low-budget movies. One will be the first part, and then the second part, because Jill is in the mansion, and then Jill is also escaping in Resident Evil 3, right. and that's happening parallel to the Leon She kind of goes in a tunnel for a lot of this movie instead. Yeah, right. She does, Jill's pr- pretty much non-existent in this, and she's pivotal mm, in yeah. both time frames. Even though Resident Evil 2 is Leon and Claire, she is existing in the city simultaneously. Like, you know, she's doing her own thing to escape, so you could you could do that. Anyway, that's not what they did. So they are cramming in here. But no. one of the strengths of this is seeing those things brought to life. The, the raccoon city itself feels right. Like the police station is like dead on. It's got a big stupid statue for no reason. The two flanks, the, the Arclay Mansion is, is the Spencer Mansion in the Arclay Mountains. looks great. You know, the entryway, the spooky hallways. It's like the best version of that. I've ever gotten on film. So the settings and the orphanage and all that, it's like, yeah, that's, I've never seen the iconic locations brought to life and they finally fucking did it. And that's the strength of this, not the characters, but the no, world but is more or less correct on a speeding monorail and a character pulls out a rocket launcher. That is one of those things where you're like, yeah. yes, of course, that's what Resident Evil that's, is. It, well, <laughs> they did that ending in the first Resident Evil movie with Paul W.S. Anderson, which is yes. one of the only accurate things that Resident Evil, you know, related in it, you know, um, not only they had a decent mansion, but this mansion's much better. It was generic spooky mansion. This was the Spencer mansion that we've all come just, to know. And just because you just brought it up, let, let me do a compare and contrast real quick. You know, having the character of Alice, is Alice an original character yeah. to those Paul W. S. Anderson movies? Okay. They took the That's Ada Wong kind of dress for her. Yep. Of course. Now that I see it in my mind, she is exactly wearing that outfit. Oh my God, how did I never yeah. realize that? <laughs> um, that character to sort of weave in this weird first story. And I like that first movie again, issues, issues, issues. Yeah, it's, it's the most watchable of them to me. I would agree with that. The second one's the most fun, but not very good. Yeah. Um, and then from there, the crazy ramp of entertainment. Just Truly might as well like. put on monster Hunter at that point. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Monster Hunter. Mike, <laughs> next time I get to, yeah. next, in another life where I get to program a movie theater, uh, I want to have a showing of all the resident evil movies and call one of them resident evil four. But really I show monster. Yeah. Hunter during yeah. that one And see if anybody notices. We just redub um, the word monster with, uh, <laughs> Biomute. T-Virus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they already have um, recorded, yeah. Those Paul W. Sanderson movies, that first Resident Evil movie, is very much about someone on the inside experiencing an outbreak and an infection and a, a zombie outbreak of, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm kind of a part of it is the twist. How can we deal with this? The real horror, and I would say the the horror of the second game and, and the first game as well, is kind of what is the horror in a lot of actual zombie media, which is, or even the stand or something Mm, um, where it's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm a nobody. And how do I deal with the entire world stopping around me? Like, this is absolutely insane that the apocalypse has come to me, regular Joe, you know? Yeah. I think that's the strength of raccoon city is that, you know, starts out with Claire looking for her brother Mm -hmm. and, the night gets crazy and she never kind of stops telling you that this is crazy. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, you're right. This is crazy. And I think it's crazy too. And I'm having fun because of that. Yeah. I feel like uh, the tone of this is kind of going almost like it wants to be a seventies kind of grindhouse movie almost. Right. 
and and it I could be excellent as that. It doesn't maybe quite nail it, but I love that it idea. It could be so close. Johannes Roberts, he has said what his influences are, and mm. we should shout him out. I believe a Swedish director, but he does he did both of those forty seven meters down shark movies that oh. I have never seen before. Hmm. So you know, good for him. Yeah. Um, and he said, "This is my John Carpenter movie. This is Assault on oh, Precinct Thirteen so meets the, the Fog." I'm like, that's the coolest pitch of all time. That's what you should do. And when it is a team of people in a police station fighting off a horde of zombies, this movie is a 10 out of 10. And then there's kind of other stuff around it that I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, like, let's get back to that, please. Right, right, right. Like, like you know, obviously we'll, we'll do a bit on the characters, but there are 10 out of 10 moments in this, you know? Yes, I like uh, that. Yes, uh, but... There's also, you know, some two out of ten moments. Um, I, I was thinking I about. I would say f- a ten out of ten moment is the Jill sandwich part. <laughs> there are moments where, like, yeah. small things where I'm like, ten out of ten. That's great. But then they almost see, like, who who knows how to unpick a lock? Who knows how to pick a lock like that, right? And what I needed was a moment where they're together. He knows that she can pick locks, and he's like, "Hey, why yeah. don't you do it? You're the master of unlocking." And then that's yeah. another reference, right? Like, yes, ah, it's almost so good. Uh, yeah. We do get Lisa, Trevor, Moonlit, Sonata, but um, tonally, I was thinking about what is the first game, like actually the first game, right? And the first game, tonally, it's a lot like Predator meets mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead because you have this elite form, the Alpha team, the Bravo team goes missing, the Alpha Stars team has to go investigate. They're the biggest, most badasses, right? And then they're just fucked. Right. And all of a sudden, the most badass people in town are helpless against this crazy threat. Right. Like that's like Predator. All these muscle dudes cannot do shit. Neither can stars. Right. It's amazing. So so that's very Predator where Resident Evil 2 is more of like an assault on Precinct 13 or something like that. Yes. Escape from New York as well. Like those two things together with Resident Evil 3 kind of sandwiched on the side of it. Yeah. I love that. What can I ask you just a trivia question? What um was Silent Hill first or did Resident Evil come first? Resident Evil was first. It was um, kind of a remake of a concept called Sweet Home that had a, a spooky mansion. And I, obviously inspired by George Romero. But that it was first <sighs> Resident Evil, then Silent Hill. Uh, but I don't think, you know, our listeners, I don't think you understand the <laughs> idea of the first like 3D digital horror games that basically older brothers would pass around to other older brothers at school and younger kids would be like, what do you mean you're playing resident evil? That sounds so scary. Yeah. I didn't even get like my hands on them until three. Like I was so scared. I've seen one and two played through, but three was the first one I actually oh my beat, God. which is why I probably like, um, three remake just cause like that's, sure. that's mine. Right. Um, but yeah, they were terrifying back then and the tank controls yes. and the limited resources, like the survival horror genre as a thing, I kind of think of it as an isometric, top-down perspective. Um, you never have enough ammo. You never have enough healing. And you're constantly making the decision between, do I shoot or do I run? And which is going to be more prudent? Do I run past yeah. these three guys and save the bullets for a big monster? Or do I shoot these guys now and hope I can kill the big monster? Yeah. You know, constantly a yeah. trade-off. You know? But I'll, even, I'll, go, I'll go even more to the binary of it, Mike. I'll mm. just say to our super young listeners, you know, Call of Duty, Halo, all that stuff... They were not video games that starred human beings that were like in like action sequences that like seemed incredibly realistic at the time. So when you no. were just like, this is the most cutting edge graphics I've ever seen in my life. It's so scary. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's scary because you kind of move slow. Like there's a little bit of design intentionality to make the tension yes. there. But just visually, like it was working. You had the cutscenes with the truck crashing into the police station. And there's a big rocket launcher end thing in the first game. And the, seeing the tyrant is like nuts, you know? Um, I hope so, we, I, I would give anything for this movie to have done well, Mike, so that you I could know. get maybe your three-esque follow-up. But let's, let's... Let's dive into this one more. Let's talk about the characters. Yeah. To me, there's the only departure. one because there's only one good character in this movie, and it is the captain played by Donald Logue. He, like, he is the only actor who knows what movie he's in, Mike. All the other young stars and starlets don't know what they're making think this is going to be a huge Marvel-esque breakout and don't realize like, no, you're making the dumbest movie that's ever existed. Yeah, Chief Irons, he knows exactly what he he's doing. He is so good, Mike. Yeah, he's incredible. And, and and so let's just say this movie is taking place in an alternate universe where these characters <laughs> all have different backgrounds. They have the same names, but these are not the same characters Truncated. from the games. Combined, well, you know, shell themed. Yeah. yeah, a lot of them are just, you know, it's like your siblings, and you know, this is what happened to you. You guys grew up now. in the You're orphanage, like, really? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like Chief Irons in, in the game number two, he's like a crazy asshole who's like torturing people in a secret chamber of the police station that he God, has I built. Have no idea. He's like, he's <laughs> in on it. He's in on the shit with Umbrella. He's covering oh, up, no. you know. But on this, he's just like. The shit is going on. You know, he's so much more fun here, but he's like a sinister villain in the game. So they're shifting and like Leon's the cool guy. But here he's like a fucking loser. Leon's like the sleepy stoner, Mike. Yeah. The whole time I'm like, hey, don't take shit from these fucking losers. Leon fucking yell at him. Because Leon's like canonically like the coolest guy. Everybody loves Leon in the games. He's so fucking cool. Save the president's daughter number four. But in this... Oh He's such God. a nerd. He also he reminds me more of Carlos from Resident Evil 3 Remake. Yes. Even his look. He's got like the five o'clock yes. shadow, curly, darker hair. Leon's a little more blonde generally. Um, so it's again, it's an alternate universe version. But I like that in this universe, they're like, what if Leon, everybody's favorite, was a fucking loser? And it's like, that is so wild <laughs> that they even decided to do it. I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm on board. Yeah, Irons is crazy now. <laughs> where do you think the the version Johannes Roberts played in the Netherlands or something just had like a different dub? And he was like, Leon's the loser. Everybody knows Leon's the, the, the loser. Yeah, the, the European voice acting was just way yeah. worse. Yeah, he yes, wasn't the and cool then, guy. So he's like, hey, if this is the script you're turning in, I guess this makes sense. And every, yeah. all the fans are like, what? Right. And like even Jill, it's like, you know, obviously we're we're doing you know, a little bit different casting and stuff. And it's like, that's all good to me. But what I was yeah. frustrated with is where is the outfit? Where's the Beretta or the beret? Where's yep. the beret? I want yep. the beret. That's you get all. like, you get like half the armor with like a lot of shoulder pads and gloves and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 I need no. The beret. We got to go the whole stars outfit. here. Yeah. And they don't really explain who stars is and stuff. So some no. of the costuming could have been more accurate. I know Leon does get the RPD bulletproof vest at one point, which is funny that, Claire's like, you wear this because you're probably going to die. And Claire was good. Now, she had the r- red leather jacket. Her look's fine. 
Kaya Scaladario um, yep. from Skins, uh, just absolute tour de force. Mm-hmm. Not a huge actress, has not gone on to do a lot of breakout stuff, but every time she pops up, I'm excited. Um, but let's let's jump to, because from the same show, we just yeah. had a scientist, Wesker. Now, you brought him up, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Umbrella Academy. Two umbrellas. Toby, Toby Hopper? Is that? No, that's the that's the Chainsaw Master. What, Tom Hopper? What is this guy's Tom name? Hopper, Tom I Hopper, I believe. Look it up. Yeah. Tom Hopper, a.k.a. Tom number Hopper. one, Luther. Yes. As uh, a frat bro, Albert Wesker? What are we thinking here? Yeah, he's like pranking Leon because he's the rookie and all this crap. Yeah, he's like a, a frat bro, which, again, he's like secretly in on it in the game. You know, he's like, you go investigate over there while I fucking do some nefarious. Like he, he has you know, a different mission in this, but he's not in on it. No, he's not in on it. He's like leveraged to, but it's not like he's part yeah. of it. You know, he's he's not Lance Riddick in a leather jacket like he should have been. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that's classic top. Wesker with the sunglasses. Oh, they do explain why he has to wear sunglasses all the time yeah, in the post cred. Yeah. But in nope. the post cred, I don't think either of these I things are so getting sequels. Dark. I can't see that scene. I pitched to my brother. Uh, he was like, is Raccoon City good? I was like, this scene is at the end where he puts these glasses on. He was like, all right, I'll watch it. <laughs> I was like, it's like, yes. It's like your character has permanent dark vision. So in bright light, you can't see. So he has to wear the it's shades Riddick. to counteract it. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's Vin Diesel. You got you to gotta do the Riddick. That's right. That's right. So this He's is a bizarre one. Bay. But it's certain. Yeah. Butcher Bay. Nice. And, you know, that's that's uh, that was his fee for uh, Tokyo Drift. Give me that's the Riddick right. franchise. Um but yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I don't think this or the show is getting a sequel. You know, because yeah. we get Ada Wong in here just in, in the post creds. Um, yes. And I would argue, Mike, the big takeaway from both of the them for the fans and for reviewers was, well, of course, this doesn't deserve a sequel. These are dumb. To which I would reiterate, no, they deserve a sequel because they are dumb. I like the Paul exact Paul W. Sanderson wouldn't have a that- career. <laughs> if that's why we stopped these are dumb exactly right so i have to hope i wonder <laughs> if the show airs internationally i would hope if it's still as big as it is in japan mm, yeah i would i would hope that it does catch on and people kind of see the merits of it i think again this is fun too but i think the studio was misguided and uh, let's just make it one movie because I, I can see the love for the franchise like it would have yeah. benefited from being the predator resident evil one story and then the Escape right. from New York, Resident Evil 2 story. Um, and they're both fish out of water. Leon, first day on the job. What the hell? Like, they did some of that. Like, you're the captain yeah. now, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> some of that's good. I think, yeah. But don't you think the white whale is for an adaptation of four? That wow. that's kind of what Several everybody's chasing and just going like, well, I have to prove that the brand is strong enough before they let me touch that because that's sort of become this quote unquote, you know, perfect object. Yeah, it's kind of the holy grail, I guess, because it is, you know, you look at the original games and they're like tank controls, like they don't really hold up. But Resident Evil 4 mechanically and visually still, you know, a lot of people said doesn't need a remake like it still is great. You know, it's the last of us. Yeah. They have the HD remaster. That's, in, you know, because the original one was on GameCube. It was four by three. But just get an <laughs> HD widescreen and, and you're good. It, it's excellent. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to touch that. I three again, the game was going to be essentially like an add on. Like it was not going to be right. a separate game. And it's a little bit shorter, just like the remake is shorter and it could have been DLC. Like so those have always kind of had precarious status among fans i have a soft spot for him but 
generally one and two or specifically two and four, I guess. It's like Star Trek uh, movie rules. Mm. The odd numbers are the, except for six. <laughs> six is the exception. And there's been some revelations, one and two, Code Veronica. We said Yeah, those prequels, there's spinoffs and stuff, but I don't think those are... They're, they're cool in their own way, but maybe Code Veronica's at the top of that list of like weird spinoffs. Of doing an adaptation even, maybe? Yeah. I would, would kind of like to see that. That has an interesting like, um, clone, you know, multiple personality, dissociative identity disorder stuff going on. and I, Yeah, I don't know. Wild. I think you can do one literally from the point of view of the nemesis, but you know, now oh, we're getting big ideas. Yeah, yeah, Here, yeah. Hit, hit me with this. Give me your final... Th- we're not jumping to final thoughts yet, and we still kind of mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit of video games and yeah, where yeah. the franchise is kind of heading, but dude, what is your last thing to say about Raccoon City? Because mine is truly just like, you know, this. surely they signed multiple movie... Uh, contracts. This needed to be a straight to streamer. This needed to be a Netflix original movie. This needed to be whatever. If it was the prequel to that series and it literally ended with a post cred scene that was the trailer for the series that we watched, Mike, mm. this, they would have been hits. They both would have worked. I, I think going forward, make a direct to DVD, almost direct to streaming sequel to Raccoon City. Yeah, I mean, down with that. Um, they have put the pieces in place. Um, I think two two things to say. Number one, Please. because it's supposed to be like this John Carpenter thing, whatever, like the use of 90s tech, when we got a Palm Pilot sending instructions and like old cell phone playing Snake, <laughs> like that was incredible to like go yeah. back in time. Like, so good, good use props. But my main yes. question I have here is who the fuck is Davis Raccoon? Because on the opening credits, there's a man named Davis Raccoon, and I refuse to believe that's a real man. That's that was like a producer on this. After? Oh, okay. He's, he's like he's, he worked on the movie. How did he? Where do you find this he guy? Picks his projects based on if a raccoon is in it, yeah, or, not, or the word raccoon. Well, I grew up in Geauga County, which you know, and uh, <laughs> means it means Raccoon County. So I always thought like, hey, we kind of live in Raccoon City. Do you like the title, Raccoon City? Or the, welcome, welcome to, to Raccoon City. Yeah, I think it sets up exactly what Chief Irons is. Like that man is what the entire energy of the <laughs> movie should have been. Donald Logue should have been pointing to the title page of the script and be like, "You guys know we're in a movie called Welcome to Raccoon City, right? Like, bring it down or bring it up." <laughs> yeah, they all should have taken notes from him because Chris is pretty yeah. flat, you know. Yeah, Robbie Claire's Amell all right, but from, she's very uh, serious. My yeah. bad CW shows. Yes, um, I believe her name so, is. Yeah. I, I kid you not. I believe her name is Hannah Kamen Writer. <laughs> is that oh. true? Is she a Kamen Writer? <laughs> I don't know about that. Wow. Yeah. All right. I think it might be. But yeah, you know, they, they they landed some stuff that has never been put to film in the Resident Evil universe. Yes. And I give them credit for that. The truck driver with the burger, perfect, right? The Arclay yes. Mansion, perfect. The police him station, perfect. The police station's yeah. garage looks almost exactly like it does in the remake it, of the video game. How did to, you do that? <laughs> to break horror traditions to have Donald Logue go off on his own, go to the basement, survive a horror thing. You go like, well, I better go back to the group and not die. You're just like, this is amazing. <laughs> but that's also so Resident Evil before we go to the last thing. It's like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make my escape, hit a dead yes, end, I maybe get it. a key item and yeah, backtrack. Okay, well, you always I backtrack. Gotta, yeah. I got to go back because I left that file, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it opens now. Okay. Yeah. And we get Moonlit Sonata in both of these things that we watch too. So that's a good old reference. That was uh, Lisa Trevor's favorite song. Oh, 
And of course, it's such a, a such a more profound moment in the Netflix series. I'm never going to get over you pointing out the puzzle solving. That really made that show for me now. That's the most Resident Evil thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most naturalistic version they, of that. They I do guess. an escape room, essentially. Yeah, um, that's all they are. All right. Well, let's let's jump over. Let's let's talk the video games for just a little bit. Let's uh, talk about the future of the Resident Evil franchise. We're back. We're talking Resident Evil here on Normies Like Us. And we're going to be wrapping it up here in a little bit. But uh, first, we kind of want to talk about the future of the franchise because we've been talking yeah. about it as an entertainment property, you know, in movies and TV. It is a video game. We should probably talk about it as a video game for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. At least explicitly. Um, one thing I forgot to mention during uh, Welcome to Re- uh, Raccoon City was they, hmm. they use a lot of... Um, like sound effects and stuff from the games. Like there's a, a, a this violin scrape jump scare that's in the two and three remakes that uh, gets used uh, fairly heavily in that. So just the fact that like you're using music and stuff from the games, sound effects from the games, like that's smart, you know? And uh, I think even the Netflix one could have leaned into that a little bit more because it did feel like I was playing when some of those jump scares hit and I'm like, oh, I, I recognize that violin sting. It's like clearly whoever's making this has played this. Uh, which is the opposite of the Halo show, which... Well, yeah, and I, you know, I love that you're pointing out just the sound effects. We've said it before about score. You know, we talked about it in the Sonic 2 episode where we were all very disappointed that they didn't use the video game score. Mike, when they make these adaptations, half the beauty of it is a portion of your job is done. You have the best music possible. That's kind of the point of video games. They're so tied to the soundtrack. There's a moment in the Netflix one when uh, Jade gets into a room where she is safe briefly. And I'm like, this is a safe room. Where's the typewriter? I didn't see the typewriter, but I'm like, you know, but they didn't pull the music. They could have pulled the music. It was was like, it's right there. Um, But (laughs) the games, yeah, half the work's done for you. If they adapt uh, four, do you think there will be a scene of him organizing a suitcase, trying to put like a full size shotgun inside it? <laughs> oh, the attache, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, what you are you buying? Be like, what are you buying? I was yeah. literally about to say, you think they'll have the dealer. Yeah. At the very least, I think he'll have a scene where, like, he has a Ashley. If you find this letter, and he's like at a typewriter, typewriter in this old you know, European town. But uh, speaking of old yeah. European towns, uh, you know, the newest mm. game uh, has been Resident Evil Village, which takes place in Eight, old European town. quote unquote, village. We're about to get some DLC. That's the exciting news for that one, Mike. Now we've yep. got uh, Big Lady in this game, of course, Lady Demetrius Gu or whatever it is, you know, is, is, is the Demetrius. big character. Yeah, yeah, Demetrius. Resident Evil, eight foot tall lady. <laughs> big big honking mama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, big and Mama's now house. we're going to get to see her in a new light. Whereas it used to be first person, we're getting a, a third person uh, update to that game now. Yeah, that's right. So um, as I mentioned, um, I speed run this game. You know, I really like Resident Evil Village. Um, I think Resident Evil 7 okay. is really strong. So this is continuing the Ethan Winters stuff. Um, and I think it's pretty clear that this third person 
release is just a test to see if the RE engine, how it will hold up in third person for the inevitable four remake. Because that's sure. third person. So this is kind of a, a stress test on the engine. Um, four and five and bad. that whole generation totally makes sense. How close do you think we are? Oh, I would love to see them adapt the biohazard little. What did you get, say this main character's name is? Little uh, Ethan franchise? Winters. Ethan Winters. Yeah, Make those so, into movies. Yeah. I, well, again, when the, the the father of Jade's daughter or the, you know, whoever who's raising the daughter with her, whatever, when they're on the boat, I'm like, there's going to be an outbreak on the boat and it's going to be just like Resident Evil 7 where like Ethan's on the boat. Like, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of Resident Evils take place on a boat. It's like, we're going to get a boat outbreak. This is so Resident Evil. They didn't do it. But I thought he was going to be like the normal guy like Ethan who's thrust into this e- extreme scenario, right? And cool. that's exactly who Ethan is. And I love that character. So um, not only that, we're going to be getting the entire game in third person, as you just said, but we're also getting a third person uh dlc that's about rose their daughter who uh, was almost sacrificed to to the miranda cult uh was rescued but has some uh some weird genetic powers now and we don't know what they are but you're playing as rose as an adult um third person and she gets her own little campaign uh big staple of the resident evil series a little girl grows up to have weird psychic powers in the future and becomes a main character (laughs) yeah yeah that's happens a lot it happens a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that's super exciting. Game. Truly. Um, yeah, it. I would agree with you. It seems like that kind of just is, you know, obviously because they just want to get the engine going. And it's easy enough to drop this in. It's called Winter Something. Um, I don't know. Again, I, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. I've never played 8. I watched mm-hmm. the whole playthrough. Um, I, you know, Joe likes third-person games more than first-person. I think in a horror game... I kind of have to do the first person because that's what these are going for. And even the VR-ness of Biohazard or, or whatever the earlier one was, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, seven, yeah, or Biohazard. Um, Resident Evil. And they use the V and the I in the beginning of the L to make <laughs> a seven. Evil. <laughs> so what's what's nine going to be called? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's spell it out real quick. Yeah. So well, one well, and well, X. What could that be? IX Indoor Amusement Park. That's for the Northeast <laughs> Ohio locals only. Um, they'll Resident figure it out. Indoor Amusement Park. <laughs> Excision. I don't know. So, um, yeah, so that's going to be the trilogy. Uh, the first person was a big change for them because they had yes. done... Third person fixed camera, right? Tank controls for one, two, and three. Then four, five, and six are third person action games. And then seven, eight, and nine, excluding, you know, eight DLC, have been first person games. You know, seven and eight have been presumably nine will also be a first person game. Um, mm. So each kind of segment of trilogies, spin off games notwithstanding, are uh, a different type of game play. And that's. Also, because you can save money on your engine. Like, you make Resident Evil 1, now we know how to make better looking shit in it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) we'll save time, you know. Saving money as a creator. Let me ask you a question. I want your opinion on something, and I think our listeners would too, Mm -hmm. um, uh, on maybe saving money as a consumer. Now, I don't buy a lot of Resident Evil games. I literally kind of only have one, just a a Switch one. And I've Mm -hmm. been holding off on four because obviously I want to play the remaster. That'll be like maybe the next one I buy, buy, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, you seem to be pushing that Village is worth playing, the two remakes worth playing, the three remakes worth playing. What is your opinion, Mike, 
on as a PS5 owner, which you are, I am, Joe is now as well, mm-hmm. um, to that upgraded, you know, online system they have where if you pay the, I think it's $60 for the year or whatever now for the online services, PS Plus, you can yeah. go to PS Plus Game Catalog, which doesn't have the classic games, which would have Resident Evil, Resident Evil 2, Code Veronica, all the old PS1 mm-hmm. versions of them. But this game catalog has the remakes. You know, you're you're paying for the ability to basically rent almost like Xbox's Game Pass, which to me seems like a much better deal. But I'm I'm very curious about your opinion on these rental game services. Right, right. It's it's more like, you know, monthly license or yearly licensing deals, right? You yeah. license the ability to access the game. But um I, I played Resident Evil 7 on my PS5 through that program. I was able to play it oh, for really? free. Yeah, so I played through Resident Evil 7. It came with all the DLCs and stuff. Um, so that was a great... Um, you put besides, it away, you never have to touch it again. But yeah, you're besides, a speedrunner. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. That's replayability. Seven's too scary for me. It's actually... <laughs> seven's the scariest one <laughs> as an adult to me. It looks scary. It's fucking scary, man. Um, it's incredible. I, everyone should play Biohazard 7. But yeah, I played Ugh, that on my PS5. That's the only so. game yeah, besides Demon Souls that I've played on the damn thing. Right. Wow. So... Um, but yeah, I think that's a great deal because they're both incredible. Like the, the two remake and the three make, you know, three is a little bit shorter, but if you can get them for nothing, 60 bucks a year, it, Resident Evil two remake is a triple a game experience. And it's, it's the best way to experience the second game. Like if you're younger, right? If you, if you didn't grow up with it, you don't have the nostalgia, you're going to be pissed off by the tank controls. I'll be like, ah, there's nothing like it, you know? But for a modern gamer, that's like they did with the gameplay remakes what we wish just someone could do with like a film treatment of it. Just treat the source material with love and care and then highlight the best of it, polish up some of the rough spots and just just do it, you know? And that's, that's yeah. what the two and three remakes are, even if there are some criticism for the three remake. I think tonally... Like, that's the best and most fun Resident Evil universe to me is the Resident Evil 3 remake tone bar none. Uh, Carlos and Jill have the best chemistry. Jill's always been my favorite character. And I did like yeah, Carlos. I, um, I did a Carlos cosplay for Halloween once one year, like oh when God. I was a kid. Yeah, but but Jill's always been my favorite because 3 was the first one I beat. So maybe I'm biased, but I think that's a I'm great a way to experience guy. those. I always liked Chris. Now, now just 5 is to, very I, underrated <laughs> as a co-op game. It's a very fun yeah, co-op game. Yeah, that's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Um, now just to but I think to your answer to my long question, yeah, I absolutely loved. It. And I guess I would also just say we're we're from the blockbuster generation. You know, mm-hmm. to me there's nothing wrong with trying a game out and being like, "Oh, this fucking sucked." I, you know, there isn't just three Resident Evil games on here. I can play Stray, God of War, you know, whatever all the other new blah, blah, blah rentals would be. It's no different than, you know, Netflix and Disney and just you pay for a year up front, which is honestly cheaper. It's cheaper than Netflix to do that, you know, annually. So I am a physical king, though, Mike, and I, I do hate being a streaming boy. Yeah, <laughs> it drives I know. me absolutely bonkers that uh, we don't own anything in this dystopian future we're in. I think about all the Blu-rays that I used to own, like Resident <laughs> Evil <laughs> Degenerate Regeneration. Yeah, I bought that at Amoeba, paid full price Amazing. for that Blu-ray, and uh, oh now I don't God. have it. How am I going to watch Regeneration? Right? I guess I'll have to stream <laughs> oh, no. it. No. 
But yeah, I do. I, I am a physical media boy, but sometimes the convenience, you can't beat it. And if you're yeah. on the fence and you happen to have that service, check them out because they're incredible. Yes. And Resident Evil 2 Remake is really scary, too. It's probably like oh, that kind of the second my... scariest. Three Remake I'm is not still... as scary because you can dodge. Just like the original three, you had a, a dodge button. So you have yeah. you have a more uh, complete offensive move set in both versions of three. They're both more action heavy and two is more horror. But I like that even in the remake, they're like, yeah, we nailed the horror version of two. But we need to make it like the original three, which was slightly more action heavy, right? It's like <laughs> they're so accurate with it. It's incredible. So anyway, play those. If you I can. am still, of course, stuck on Elden Ring and may mm-hmm. never, you know, clear this thing, unfortunately. So that's always going to be my <laughs> my long play game. But if, if this is dip inable, you know, if I could do some short spurts, I might I might pop in a Resident Evil here pretty soon. Well, the great thing about Resident Evil games, like the remake and in general, like you can beat them in under 10 hours, even if you're taking your time. That is cool. Resident Evil Village is under 10 hours in a first playthrough, but you replay them, right? Um, The frustration that I've been stuck on Elden Ring for months, the idea that on one Saturday I could sit down and beat all of a Resident Evil remake might be the reason that I kind of cut that in line real quick. You're totally right. Yeah. Like once you get used to it, like you can not even being a speedrunner, just being like a mediocre, like average player, you could beat the Resident Evil 2 remake in two and a half to four hours. Like in one afternoon, you could just beat it. Like once you know what you're doing and you have like you get upgraded weapons, like you can new game plus it. So you have all the shit and you can just go in there and just run through and have a good time, like immersed in the world. So so the replay value and they're short, but that doesn't mean they're lacking, you know, depth or enjoyability. It doesn't need to be a 200 hour Elden Ring. No, when I played four, it was on my 360 and it was some sort of DLC loaded, you know, mm-hmm. by game of the year version. And I believe my starting weapon, um, you know, anachronistically was the Magnum, which was so overpowered. But even mm. then, it's just like it, it did not detract. Like it was the delight of the game was still the mechanics and everything else. So You're no, still that, solving that the puzzles. Stop me at all. Yes, yeah. exactly. I, I guess if the question is entry points, right? Yeah. There's there's two, uh, maybe maybe three, but two that I would consider. Like if if you want to experience the best version of let's say classic PlayStation One era Resident Evil, right? If you want to know what uh, Resident Evil survival horror with tank controls and pre-rendered backgrounds, the best version is the remake for the GameCube. Um, it's introduced Lisa Trevor, as I said. It has some new gameplay changes. They add a variant zombie that moves faster. That like y- oh. you have to, if you kill a zombie and you don't burn the corpse, there's a chance that it could turn into a crazier what? zombie later, and it'll like sprint after you, right? But so you have to make a choice: do I burn this one or leave it? I can't burn all of them because the game doesn't oh give you enough God. shit. So it's it's remixed enough, but it's got the classic boss fight with a giant spider and a giant snake, and it's still pre-rendered backgrounds. But the GameCube was good enough that since backgrounds are pre-rendered, it could focus on the character models and the character models look super realistic too. So it's the most realistic kind of tank controls and there's great HD uh, versions on PC and console. So for tank control, Resident Evil, play that. And I guess Resident Evil 2 remake for a modern stylized. And if you think that's a little too spooky, play 3 remake. It's a little campier, but they're kind of the same thing. Yeah. Might start with three then. That it's sounds so cool good and me. it's short. I can beat it in yeah. 45 minutes. 
Oh my god. I'm Less than 45. Sure that. Asterisk. That's amazing. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun little romp. It's a little linear, but you're playing through it ten times. It's fun. You get a rocket launcher yeah. at some point with infinite ammo. Of love course. It. That's yeah. again a staple of the series. Don't show up. Don't come out. Don't start caring about me now. Walk away. You know how. Yeah, rolling in. I guess let's roll into some final thoughts here. I, I, it's like, what a weird paradox or fucking Bermuda Triangle this series is in, Mike. That it's like, here I am watching a show that, again, is it the best thing ever? No, it's got the name Resident Evil on it, and I'm happy watching it. Couple Here's of a monsters movie. that I recognize. It's about <laughs> it. <laughs> Maybe. Here's yeah. a movie where I'm going and at parts laughing my ass off, cheering, feeling while I'm watching like, ooh, this is like a Carpenter movie. Damn, I'm really vibing with this. And then I kind of look around and I see like two people in the audience and it's like opening weekend. Mm. And you're just like, okay, yeah. Um, and then there's all these amazing games that it, it seems like Capcom literally is like, don't make me do this. Don't, don't make me release this game. Oh, fine. All right. We did it. Here it is. Here's a remake of this game. And then it's like, it breaks all the records on the planet. Capcom's like, oh, you're going to make me do this again. It's like, I'm not why sure are you being two, so combative with me? Two remake might have won game of the year. It was definitely I, nominated. But you know what I mean? It's like, I believe it's their highest grossing uh, video yeah. game of all time now, Mike. Because it, 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 it hit the sweet spot of people who were nostalgic for the original and people who are young enough to have known its <laughs> prestige but never played it. Yes. Now they can move monographics. And, but you with your siblings, your cousin, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm watching you guys play Resident Evil. Me and my brother are peeking through the window as Mega Man fans going like, Capcom, don't you see? <laughs> like you're <laughs> treating them so well. Like, don't you realize the money you could be making from us? And they're like, fine. On the Switch, we'll release one of the video games that you have to buy twice. And you're like, no. I'm not sure who hates their fans more. Capcom with uh, Mega Man or uh, Nintendo with F-Zero. Yes. Or Star Fox. Yes. Both of them or, are pariahs. Or Metroid, you could have said, but now they broke Now we're okay. Yeah. But yeah, I think Capcom is one of the few developers that is still more I or don't less understand the attitude. Good. I don't get it, Mike. Yeah, well, it's like there's From Software and there's Capcom. And they're the two companies <laughs> that seem content to release a complete game for full price. If it's not complete, Resident Evil 3 Remake, it's 40 bucks. You know what I mean? Like they they released it cheaper than Resident Evil 2 remake because they knew it was shorter. So they're not screwing you they're, over. Resident but Evil Village, really good to go. Wasn't a, a moment there where they're like, I we think we're out of ideas. And it seemed like almost every fan on the planet was like, What do you mean? <laughs> you own, you know, like Monster Hunter, uh, you know, uh, Mega Man, uh, mm-hmm. Resident Evil, you know, like beautiful Joe. You you list them off and they're like you're right. We should do something with this. Thank you, fans. And it, it almost seemed like we had to will these games into existence. And the continued success of them, I think, confounds entertainment companies because they want that, you know, number two top box office to translate to people coming to Raccoon City. I don't understand why it doesn't either. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's just this big uphill battle, Mike, that I, I, there's no winners in, and I want people to keep testing the battleground, but don't expect to have a victory. That's, that would be my warning to these people going forward. Well, there's definitely winters in it. Or, wait, you said winners? All right. I, I was thinking Rose <laughs> and Ethan. Um, so, sorry. It's, it's, a, it's a two minds thing, right? So yeah. Capcom clearly hears its fans, and what do they proceed to do? Give them exactly what they want, right? You want to remake? Fine, we'll make it pretty much the same. They'll just dress it up, right? And then with movie studios or TV studios, it's like, what do you want? Resident Evil. All right, well, here's Riverdale. Well, you guys want but, Resident Evil, but we also we have want to, to hit these demographics. Mom, dad, Mom, exactly. dad the whole family. Like, right, right. Well, yes, but that's yeah, not who likes Resident Evil. Right. No. Make it for them. So so that's a thing. Uh, I'll quote Lance Riddick one more time. Uh, oh, please do. <laughs> so look, we can replace the word life at the start of this with uh, franchises, let's say. But uh Life is just a bunch of accidents and tragedies. Nobody's really okay. We're all just doing our best in a world where it's way too easy to do your worst. Lance fucking Riddick. When so, we, yeah, when we don't have Jacob on to do quizzes, we do uh, Mike's quote corner. But it's only Lance Riddick. <laughs> but it's only Lance Riddick quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah. It's just a bunch of accidents and tragedies. That's how these these uh, franchises being brought into live action feel. Sometimes we've had yeah. Death Note, we've had Cowboy Bebop, which I was I liked, but yeah. the fans did not. Resident Evil clearly the lowest rated show. So at some point, just wake up. Even yeah. since Paul W S Anderson, the closest thing was Welcome to Raccoon City with giving the fans what they want, and even that was still Bizarro World. Just, just do the yeah. thing, right? Just do the thing. Yeah, that's all it takes. It's so it's crazy. You make money hand over fists. Yeah. I know. When you list off like Cowboy Bebop, and we're going to talk about the One Piece adaptation, we're probably going to yeah. talk about Yu Yu Hakusho. You know, all these other net things Netflix are doing. It is interesting that we put Resident Evil in the line with those anime adaptations because I think it mm -hmm. is truly. It's not. It's just an adaptation of source material thing. You'd almost put The Witcher in there, too, if they weren't like, well, but it's kind of good. And if it wasn't kind of good, you'd be like, yeah, and that's another thing that they just like fucked up adapting. You know, that's kind of Netflix's M.O. is fuck shit up while you're adapting it. Yeah, it's like you lean on the algorithm too much. At least The Witcher, it is like, yeah, that's kind of what we want. Like he fights yeah. monsters and it's gritty and he says, fuck. There were enough people there defending the source material. Henry Cavill standing up being like, no, 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 this is not in the book. We will be saying, you know, X, Y, and Z instead. And, and Resident Evil, there is... I think for this, no one standing there, and because they didn't have to because they're making something so different, but going like, well, you know, in the true spirit of, of the Biohazard games or Resident Evil, we have to. Yeah. And there's just none of that. There's none I guess I guess the most charitable thing to say about it, as someone who enjoyed it more than most, um, yes. the Resident Evil franchise has spanned decades, right? It, it has made lasting impressions and it has constantly changed throughout that time. And it's kind of been all over the place tonally, right? Yeah. And so they gave us a show that spans decades um, and is kind of all over the place tonally. So it's, it's the <laughs> most Resident Evil thing that's ever been made because you can't really pinpoint what it is, who is it for at any given time. It's, it's for someone different depending on when you meet it in the timeline, just yeah. like the Resident Evil franchise itself is. So... That's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah, I think that's a great take, dude. 
<laughs> we're not going to change any minds with this podcast. That's what mm-hmm. I realized. Even our friends that we've recommended it to have been like, no, I'm, that looks absolutely stupid. And I'm like, that's fair to say. My dad will not watch this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, fine. <laughs> you know, that's fine. I, but I don't know. I'm I'm glad we gave it its due. You know, if I had completely skipped over this, you know, that that wouldn't be fun. I, I got something out of this. No, and as a lifelong Resident Evil fan, like I've read the books, you know, there's novelizations of, of the games and stuff. I read all those in school, too, and they did book reports on them. Like I had a yeah, toy tyrant. <laughs> I love it. So I'm going to watch it. You know, maybe, you know, I do have a cousin, friend of the show. Uh, I won't dox, but he... um. He just recently had twin girls, so maybe the show will appeal to him as a wow. Resident Evil fan. Me and him beat Resident Evil Six together, co-op. Um, wow, wow, wow! Back when I yeah, was yeah, one day so maybe it, he'll watch him. With it's his made for, for his children. Billy. Yeah, they're named Jade and <laughs> Billy. Yeah, yeah, they love Dua Lipa. That's all they listen. <laughs> remember, to. Remember, he's their father. They have different mothers. <laughs> Wesker, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, shout outs to Wesker. You know. Shout out to Wesker. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other final thoughts on this thing? I'm, you know, again, what's the future of Resident Evil? It kind of feels like we're really saturated with it. And if you're denying this, you know, I don't know what else you could ask for. And I don't know what kind of future it deserves then. If you're really a fan of it, at least the, the games are healthy. You've never been more spoiled. Yeah. Seven is incredible. Eight is incredible. Two and three remake are incredible. Like, yes. They're, you're completely spoiled right now. Capcom continues to hit out of the park and their brilliance of new game, remake to buy us time, new game. You know what I mean? Remake to buy yeah. us time. Like that's brilliant. Hey, and they're making Mike, money hand over fist. It, let's look at a different uh, game system. I'm a diehard Pokemon fan. Mm-hmm. Now we have gotten in this weird uh, system where they go, we'll remake a classic and release the new one. And the new ones are always lukewarm reviews and the remakes people are always like why did you make it look like this i hate it and yeah you're like okay so they're losing on both fronts and there's not a detective pikachu too like i i can't really talk about the what most the successful video game movie, movie of all time yes i said i said it would be most successful movie ever created. ever yeah <laughs> avatar went back into theaters to do yeah. that um i guess it's weird because you can't do it one mind is do the Resident Evil 1 movie version. Predator style, you know, meets Night of the Living Dead. Then do your TV show that's weird and shit. Then do the 2 remake. And then do the second season of the TV show that's weird and I shit. I like this. Just do the alternate. Yeah, just <laughs> that do that. That seems like a good system to make. And all of the TV shows are yeah. just like this one. 20 years after the events of the 90s. Like you set them in the 90s. Which they're allowed to do. Yeah. They're not messing with whatever other fans would be mad about. They're just doing their own thing. So in the movie theater, you get the classic canon, classic characters with berets. Thank you. (laughs) And then on TV, you do whatever you want. That's like, this happens in the future later. Yeah. I want Sherry Burke and she's great as a grown up. Anyway. Get out of here. A true Resident Evil fan has spoken. <laughs> that is what Mike wants. Yes. We want to know what you want. So get up to your typewriter. Type Season in two, Netflix, Resident Evil. <laughs> like underscore us on all social media. And like Mike just said, send these letters to Netflix and tell Time them, words. I'm, you know, the Billie Eilish fan campaign. Get these TikTokers mm-hmm. involved to bring this show back. I can't believe they cast her. It's incredible. 
Yeah. If she came out, I'm taking a break before my next album to star in the Resident Evil Netflix TV series. People would be like, what are you talking about? They recast adult Billy with Billy <laughs> I'm In season two, I will yeah. be playing the character Billy. I'd be like, yeah. great. That's, I'm watching this. Yep, I'm in. Um, so tell us all that, Normies. We you know, because, because as we find out, Billy yeah. Eilish in the Resident Evil movie is the bad guy. Thank you. That's right. She's a bad guy. <laughs> yep. Oh, Umbrella God. Academy reference, Luther. We're all, it's all tied together, <laughs> baby. Umbrella. The, the Umbrella or, Conspiracy is getting the, bigger. <laughs> the Umbrella Conspiracy, yes. We're opening and shutting right here. Um, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> on on Normies Like Us with your host. This has been the C-Virus, Colin. I'm Mike Wesker now. Hey. Oh, my God. And your clone. Uh, yeah. Michael Wesker. Michael. Mikey. He's a party Mikey. dude. Mikey. How are you, man? <laughs> Partying. All right. Hey. Have a good one, All guys. right. See you, normies. <laughs> Bye. Insta. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.